Generally speaking, about the church, episode number eighty-three. <laughs> Crap! I just. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What episode that is it? Is awesome. What is it? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do <laughs> it. It's ninety-three. Oh man, I'm leaving the recorder going. Everybody and welcome back to the hot studio of GSPN.TV <laughs> World Headquarters, where there is absolutely no air in here, and it has completely sucked the oxygen from our brains. Yeah, and you are, of course, listening to another episode of the About the Church, which podcast. by the way makes for a great podcast. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> we have opened the windows. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and my name is DG Hollins, and we're here to pump you. Up. That's exactly right, man. <laughs> With church talk. Exactly. So, DG, man, I am so glad to hear that your wife is recovered from the swine flu and she's back to work and everything is completely fine in your world. Yes. Well, you know, not everything, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great to have my wife back in, among the living. <laughs> yes. Although this morning, I, I think yesterday she kind of pushed a little bit hard. I mean, anytime you're out for the flu for a week and a half. You really kind of need to gradually bring yourself back into the world. Right. And uh, she did really good on Monday. She did a little bit better on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, she just went full bore. And so today she was like, oh, I feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck carrying pigs. <laughs> nice. I was like, well, you have. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, she's doing good. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for your prayers, everybody, and, and for your thoughts. It's really sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, everybody out there. And again, just very glad to hear that that she's getting over that and yeah. uh, back to life as normal. Yeah. So, so DG, I'll be honest with you. We've got this. Ten, finally. We've no, got this. <laughs> yes. Finally. Finally. He's going to be honest. The, we're we're at. I think we need to wrap up the God is God real? Yeah, let's wrap it. Series. Let's series wrap it here. with cellophane. Exactly. And so, of course, we left off last week. I'm not sure if I did. I make a note. Yeah, we're at four minute. No, three minutes and forty seconds into this diatribe from this this <laughs> gentleman who who claims that we're all insane. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to just play the audio all the way through. All right. Okay. And just finish it up and then we'll just have yeah. a little conversation about it. Yeah, we're just gonna let him finish the And then we'll be like Fozzie Bear and sing moving right along. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I need to I need to see if I can find it. I think it's at three minutes forty seconds, unless that was last week's cutting point and I forgot to update it. For such trivial matters. Just because you work on the wrong day of the week, you must die? That makes no sense, does it? In fact, if you think about it, you realize that it's insane. So you create some kind of rationalization to explain these verses. Question 4. Why does the Bible contain so much anti-scientific nonsense? You have a college degree, so you know what I'm talking about. You know how science works. You happily use the products of science every day. Your car, your cell phone, your microwave oven, your TV, your computer. These are all products of the scientific process. You know that science is incredibly important to our economy and to our lives. But there's a problem. As an educated person, you know that the Bible contains all sorts of information that's total nonsense from a scientific perspective. 
God did not create the world in six days, 6,000 years ago, like the Bible says. Yep, that was from last week's uh, cutting point. So let me just move him right along over to here. Totally grotesque, doesn't it? Why would an all-powerful God want you to do something that, in any other context, sounds like a disgusting, cannibalistic, satanic ritual? And finally, question number 10. Why do Christians get divorced at the same rate as non-Christians? Christians get married in front of God and their Christian friends, all of whom are praying to God for the marriage to succeed. And then they say, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. God is all-powerful, so if God has put two people together, that should seal the deal, shouldn't it? Yet Christians get divorced at the same rate as everyone else. To explain this, you have to create some kind of convoluted rationalization. So, we've looked at ten fascinating questions. In order to believe in God, you've had to create all sorts of strange rationalizations and excuses. If you're an intelligent, college-educated person, all of these excuses and rationalizations probably make you uncomfortable. If you think about it honestly, using your critical thinking skills that you've learned in college, you have to admit that your answers to these questions make no sense at all. Now, let me show you something remarkable. What if you instead assume that God's imaginary? A funny thing happens. The answers to every one of these questions make complete sense. Just look at all ten questions as an intelligent person would. Why won't God heal amputees? Because God is imaginary and he doesn't answer any prayers. Every answered prayer is actually a coincidence. All scientific evidence supports this conclusion. Why are there so many starving people in our world? Because God is imaginary and he's therefore unable to answer their prayers. Why does God demand the death of so many innocent people in the Bible? Because God is imaginary, and the Bible was actually written by ridiculous, ruthless men rather than any sort of all-loving being. Why does the Bible contain so much anti-scientific nonsense? Ditto. Primitive men wrote the Bible, not an all-knowing being. Why is God such a huge proponent of slavery? Ditto. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because God is imaginary and bad things happen at the same statistical rates to everyone. Why didn't any of Jesus' miracles in the Bible leave behind any evidence? Because God is imaginary and Jesus' miracles are myths. How do we explain the fact that Jesus has never appeared to you? Because God is imaginary. Why would Jesus want you to eat his body and drink his blood? Because God is imaginary and this bizarre ritual came from a pagan religion. Why do Christians get divorced at the same rate as non-Christians? Because God is imaginary. Do you see what has happened here? When we assume that God exists, the answers to these ten questions make absolutely no sense. But if we assume that God is imaginary, our world makes complete sense. It's interesting, isn't it? Actually, it's more than interesting. It's incredibly important. Our world only makes sense when you understand that God is imaginary. This is how intelligent, rational people know that God is imaginary. When you use your brain and when you think logically about your religious faith, you can reach only one possible conclusion. The God that you have heard about since you were an infant is completely imaginary. You have to willfully discard rationality and accept hundreds of bizarre rationalizations to believe in your God. Now, let me ask you one last question. Why should you care? What difference does it make if people want to believe in a God even if he is imaginary?
It matters because people who believe in imaginary beings are delusional. It matters because people who talk to imaginary beings are delusional. It matters because people who believe in imaginary superstitions like prayer are delusional. It's that simple and that obvious. Your religious beliefs hurt you personally and hurt us as a species because they are delusional. The belief in any god is complete nonsense. You're a smart person. It's time for you to use your intelligence to free yourself. All right. Enough of his propaganda. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, basically, God is imaginary and we are delusional. And it's time for us to go to his website and learn everything that he believes because sure, that requires no faith at all. And it's all science. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Ah, well, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, everybody in the chat room, they, they are like, my eyes were starting to hurt. My ears were <laughs> yeah. starting to hear. Please yeah. stop the pain. Yeah. yeah. It, this, I mean, it, it, for, I don't know. My faith has not been moved, rocked, shaked, anything whatsoever by listening to these questions. Um, I'm not sure. concerned about even tossing them out there. It, by the way, if you are a believer and some of these questions all of a sudden have you thinking and you're starting to question or maybe even have uh, doubt creep in, I would say embrace those questions that you have and seek seek the truth. And and I believe that you will find. And that's that's one of the things I think is interesting about God is that he says, if you seek me with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, you will find me. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't say, if you seek me with your beakers and your Bunsen burners and, and all those things, you will find me. It, it, it's, if you seek me, you will find me. And it says your heart, your mind, and your soul. So, yes, you definitely use your mind. And, and I think believing in God makes perfect sense. And I believe it takes a great deal more faith to believe that there is no God. Right, right. And, and this guy really just sounds like, he's a lot like Richard Dawkins. I don't know if you ever heard of Richard Dawkins or not. But he's like the atheist, uh, like evangelist. Like he's really taken it to a new level of saying no, and you are completely wrong for believing these things. And it was religion that got us into all the problems that we've ever had in the world, um, whether it comes to, you know, Hitler or whatever else everything that is horrible about this world is religion. If we just do away with faith and religion, then we can move on and, and live as humans, <clears throat> which I think is ultimately a humanist kind of uh, viewpoint. But, um, but you know, and so, so, and it's, and I mean, he's, it's like, he's so angry about it. That's, stuff, that's what I know? don't understand is he's like, he's, he's saying not only am I delusional right. and, and just absolutely crazy and insane, uh, so not only that, but he says, I am, I'm not only hurting myself, but I'm hurting our species with my faith in God. Right. Exactly. I'd like to know exactly how it is that I am hurting my species individually, my faith in God. In what ways have I been a detriment to this society? Well, and I don't think necessarily he's saying you. I think he's saying. Well, he did say everybody. me. Well, no, he said me. Well, he was saying, I think that what he was saying was you would be delusional and delusional people are not necessarily good for our society is what he would. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to be delusional if you believe in this thing or, or, um, right. or God. And, uh, and, and so I, I think that that's, you know, of course I'm putting words in his mouth. And well. I don't know what he would say, but it's just, it, it's very, very. It's it's a I think it's a big insight to me 
<clears throat> to where this guy came from and where he's at. Like, I would love to know this guy's history. You mm-hmm. know, has he been hurt by the church? Has he been hurt by Christians? Um, uh, did did some big event or did was he just a guy going to college and read two or three books and got really passionate about, you know, um, being an atheist or, or really passionate about um, and, and I can see I really can see if you really truly believe that there was no God, then what you what I think what he feels like he's doing is is uh, releasing the captives. Yes. You know, he's just saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys freedom in life. To be able to not be, you know, uh, chained to this religion or chained to this God, this understanding of God. And so then when someone, uh, you know, when when someone loses a leg, you can chalk it up to, oh, well, that's life. Right. <laughs> you know, but the thing about it is, is he's I think that he's missing. And I think a lot of other people are missing that there is a hope that Christ provides. There's hope. And. I, I, and I really do not desire to put the hope that I have just into humanity. The, the, and, and literally, this, this is my logic. This is, this is my thinking. I do not desire to do that because I believe that it's not just religion, but politics and all kinds of stuff start wars. <laughs> that there is, there's lots of things that are going on, and I think that's just a part of being human. And to know that there is something other than us, and I believe that it is God that has revealed himself in Trinity, um, that, that, that that provides a hope. There's hope in the midst of losing a leg. There's hope in the midst of, um, of, of anything, uh, of tsunamis and, and, and um, tornadoes and people dying of cancer and all kinds of stuff. There's hope in the midst of that. And, uh, and I just don't see necessarily the hope. Um, that is provided from a belief in God, especially the Christian God. Um, anyway, that's just my opinion on that one. But right. But. Well, I'll tell you what we've we've gotten some feedback as a result of doing this this series. Is God real? And one of the person, one of the folks who had left us some feedback was my good friend James Marler over at Three AM Ministries. And it was nine minutes and 20 seconds long. (laughs) And so rather than trying to incorporate that in and just having us sit back and, uh, you know, kick back and and, and not have to do any work during the episode. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I mention something really quick? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) This goes back to what I was. I think this goes back to what I was talking about last week with if you have this mentality of us versus them as Christians. I think that I think in some ways the church through our history has kind of created this, this movement. We've created the people that are adamant about saying, no, there is no God because you guys are forcing your God upon us or whatever else. Right. Without putting our focus on love. If we start putting our focus on, you know, the crusades or whatever, and they, they have every right to look at the crusades and say that was motivated by your God or at least your church belief in your God. And, uh, and so I just, I wanted to throw that out there. I think that it's not, it's not, we need to stop thinking of a us versus them mentality. And, and, and I'm guilty of that big time. I really am. Uh, but I think that we need to stop doing that because I think God sees everyone and desires to love everyone and desires a relationship with everyone. Yep. And uh, and if we have that kind of mentality, then we can walk up to this guy and we can walk up to Richard Dawkins and actually 
and actually live a life of love and, and live a life of listening instead of trying to, to push, um, you know, and a conversion, convert. yeah. try to push a conversion, which they're trying to push a conversion onto us nowadays. A lot of yeah. them are like Richard Dawkins, a hardcore, uh, evangelist for atheism. Um, I think that, I think that honestly, I think we've been part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> the church has. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. Well, anyway, where I was going with this is we're going to bring, uh, our friend James on the line with us. James, are you there? I hope so. All right, man. We hear you. So, Sweet. so you, you've got some pretty strong thoughts on, on these 10 questions. And I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, to bring those in and, and let's have some conversation and some dialogue. What, what, what were your initial thoughts to this stuff? Well, I heard the first episode and I went and I searched out the YouTube video because, you know, I don't like doing things in pieces. <laughs> thing. And, uh, I was struck that I, I'll tell you the very first thing that came to me that was vicious. Yeah, I'm sorry, James. Uh, your your Skype connection is very low. If we can't get you in right now, we may just uh, play just a few minutes of your audio clip. Oh, that's fine. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're completely dropping out. I do apologize, James. No worries, bro. Yeah, he. Yeah, that's just not going to work. Oh, that's so frustrating. Well, I tell you what. Let, let me go ahead and play a little bit of his question of his feedback because uh, it is good, and he has some valid points. That's cool. And, that's and great. Some great. Some great commentary on it. So let's see what uh, James had to say here. Hi, Cliff. This is James Marler from Three AM Ministries. I wanted to take a minute to respond to this series you've got going on on about the church. Uh, is God real? I I found the video on YouTube. Of I, I believe his name is uh, his last name is Christoph. I checked out the uh, the website and uh, I believe the man's name is Christoph, uh, who is on the video. And I wanted to address well the statements really because I, I was so bothered by this and and I wanted to take a minute to just throw some some comebacks here and and maybe stir some some conversation here. And of course, as always, I tell you all the time when I when I send in feedback. Feel free to chop this up. Uh, and if you only can I do had it time. And <laughs> one package or, or multiples, that, that's fine. Uh, his first question was, why won't God heal amputees? And he says that to justify the, our answer to, to this question, we have to create a rationalization and we have to say something about God's special plan for amputees. Uh, first of all, I think God has a special plan for everyone. But I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And the second question was, why are there so many starving people? And I, I want to say... You guys answered this question beautifully in part two of, of the Is God Real series. The third question was, why does God demand the death of so many people? And, and he, he speaks about it this way. Why would a loving God want us to kill other humans over trivial matters? And if I can, I'd like to table trivial for a moment and go on to the next question. <laughs> why does the Bible, and this is question four that he has, why does the Bible contain so much anti-scientific nonsense? And here are his assertions. God didn't create the world in six days, 6,000 years ago. There was never a worldwide flood. Jonah didn't live in the belly of a fish. Adam wasn't created from a handful of dust. Okay, yeah, Mr. Christoph, it's non-scientific to assert that Adam was created from a handful of dust, but it's completely scientific to suggest that we came from some kind of primordial ooze. <laughs> That's science. Sarcasm aside, <laughs> Mr. Kristoff gives zero support for his assertions. He simply asserts and assumes that, quote, intelligent, thinking, college-educated people will know that this is the truth. 
no, the Bible is not a science text. I'll admit that up front. But it was never intended to be a science text. But there do exist in the Bible statements consistent with anthropology, astronomy, biology, geology, hydrology, meteorology, paleontology, physics, zoology, and other sciences. It's there. So to say that the Bible contains anti-scientific nonsense is ridiculous. Uh, he asks, I believe this is question five, why is God such a proponent of slavery? Well, we have to remember that slaves weren't slaves, generally speaking, as we understand them in the Bible. They were indentured servants. The interesting thing is that the Bible gives explicit instructions as to how to treat your slaves, and it was completely inconsistent with the rest of the world at that time. Slaves were to be well-treated, and beyond that, slaves were even to be accepted into the nation as citizens of Israel if they chose to accept the truth of God's law. His next question was, why do bad things happen to good people? The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. You can call that a rationalization if you want to, but I've never, ever met or heard of anyone who is truly good. And by that, all I mean is they're 100% good 100% of the time. So to say, why do bad things happen to good people? You'd have to introduce me to a good person first. And, you know, I, I include myself there. I, there are none. His next question was, why did Jesus' miracles never leave any scientific evidence? And I wonder exactly what kind of evidence Mr. Christoph is looking for. I mean, maybe he's looking for the corpse of a man whose sight was returned. Well, that wouldn't work. Maybe it's the account of more than 5,000 people who saw Jesus after his resurrection. Or maybe he is overlooking the miracle of things like radically changed lives of people who were willing to face lions in the Colosseum in defense of their faith. His next question is, why has Jesus never appeared to you? Well, let's say that I were to get on the phone with Mr. Christoph and say, hey, Mr. Christoph, guess what? Jesus just appeared to me right now, like right before I made this call. Jesus appeared to me in this room. Do you really think he would believe me? I mean, if, if you're an atheist, you're certainly not going to believe this kind of thing. And I would wager that even most Christians uh, would be at the very least skeptical. And for me, that makes this question uh, of why has Jesus never appeared to you, that makes this question moot. Uh, the next question is, is one that's very near and dear to my heart. He asks, why would Jesus want you to eat his body and drink his blood? This is a complete bastardization and misunderstanding of the sacrament. What Mr. Christoph is obviously <laughs> referring to here is the doctrine of transubstantiation, <laughs> which is taught in the Catholic Church, where Jesus actually leaves heaven and inhabits the host. Uh, but to explain it all here would take far too long and would turn this from, you know, like a feedback call to an entire episode. Which I'm probably pushing time <laughs> on that anyway. Um, and then he asked, this one to me was my favorite because I thought it was more of an indictment than anything else. He asks, you know, why do Christians get divorced at the same rate as non-Christians? And I thought, wow, you know, what an indictment against Christians for getting divorced. But then... He turns it into this thing where there's supposed to be some sort of magical thing that happens at the wedding where once the person officiating says, what God has brought together, let no man put asunder, there's some sort of magical spell put on the bride and groom and they become inseparable. 
And that's just ridiculous. God is blamed for the divorce rate of Christians as if Christians don't have a free will. And that's that's ridiculous. So so now I want to get back to this word trivial. Mr. Kristoff makes a lot of assertions in the course of this video about what is important and what is not. What is trivial and what is not. I hear him say over and over again in this video, that makes no sense. Here's the thing, okay? And this is for me is really what it boils down to. Being an atheist is a matter of faith. You choose to believe that there is no God. Being a Christian is a matter of faith. You choose to believe that the God of the Bible, both Old and New Testament, is God and Jesus is his son, etc. Most any stance you want to take in terms of a worldview requires faith. But the fact of the matter is this. If, and I'll allow the if, I, I without hesitation, allow the if because I know that my belief in God is faith-based. It's not based on fact. I can sort of gird up my faith with facts and let the facts of things support my faith. But my faith is still a choice that I make based on internal evidence, evidence that goes on inside me and external evidence. But when he says that makes no sense, here, here's what it comes down to. What we as Christians believe, generally speaking, is that at some point in eternity, God said, let there be, and out of nothing came stuff. All right, I'm going to go ahead and, I mean, and just cut it right stuff, here. There's still, sure. there's still a little bit more of, of the feedback. James, thank you so much for, for really yeah, going through those. And, and I would uh, agree with you on probably about 97, 98% of it. The only thing, <laughs> I, 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 I definitely believe in the Protestant view of the host of the, the body and the blood, uh, the, you know, the, so you the, don't believe in transubstantiation. I, I, I that's correct. I, <laughs> I believe in. I believe that it is a representation, and and that it is something that we are called to do. We are called to remember to do this in remembrance of Him, mm-hmm. uh, and and th- that He was just saying He wasn't physically. I, I personally don't believe He was physically saying this is my flesh. You know, I think that He says this is a represent. This this is a metaphor it my flesh is about to be broken for you right and that my blood is about ready to be poured out I, and and so i i would agree with you there um at, at the same time i have a very high respect for the catholic church which obviously believes in transubstantiation and i and i have a hard, i obviously it's it's just been something i believe what i believe yeah and have never really been forced to to give a reason for that just yet right. and i've never had that argument with a catholic person myself sure. but i have to believe that they have a reason for believing what they believe right oh yeah well it was it was really funny uh, i don't think he was meaning to be offensive although he was a little bit offensive Th- that's that's what i that's where i'm coming from is this he says this is a complete bastard or bastardization yes it's yeah. like oh that, that see that's what i'm saying if you listen to 3 a.m ministries you're going to get a little bit more of the evangelical flyer yeah, if you flyer. will <laughs> flyer but uh but i i'm i'm right there i believe a lot of the things if not most if not all of the things that james believes it's just i i mean it's it's a little strong to say that you know that it's a total bastard or whatever bastardization, bastardization 
of of that. And he, you know, belief. James is not being he's not trying to intentionally no. be offensive, no. uh, like he said in the chat room there. But but I will say though, what I've learned over the years is with what I believe in believing strongly, sometimes we can come off as being offensive to of those course. who disagree with us. Of course. Yeah. And, and not to meant that not to say that we're never meant to offend, but right. you know, truth is truth and we speak it, but right. And I think that, and that's the other thing, like, like when we do a theology throwdown at the pub on Sunday nights, um, or, you know, I, one of the, the first things we say in our rules for theology throwdown is, uh, you are a, more than, more than welcome to attack the issue, but do not attack the person. Right. And I think that there, that line is crossed quite often. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, he, he went into us, he, this guy started attacking the issue, but then he says, no, you are delusional. Right. And then he, you know, he moved the jump from attacking the issue to attacking, to attacking a person. Yep. Um, and, 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 and you know, the, the thing about it is, is that just makes your argument even more. Uh, non effective. Well, that, <laughs> you know yeah, saying? that's it's it. Just, it's like you, you, if you, re, I mean, it was the tone in which he asked the questions. Is a, you certainly can't come to that conclusion. It's like, yeah. come on, just talk to me like a human, right? Like, right. Why don't you pose them as questions? And it's like the thing that I have a difficult time understanding about the Christian faith is this, and I'm unable to find any scientific proof. Right, and, right, and, right. And I, that it, that would be much more effective to his cause. Right. Than sitting there, you know, just telling people they're delusional and insane. So, and not that, that we're trying to help his cause at all, because, and but at the same time, I'm not concerned about what his website is and and his YouTube video and sure, sure, sure. and stuff like that, because I believe God is big enough, and and I think that I think that if you look at my life, and and oh gosh, this sounds horrible, but I I hope. And pray on a daily basis that if you look at my life, that you see God's existence. You know, that I trust me, I fail consistently. I am not a perfect person, but you know what? I live my life in according to the the value. I try to live my life according to the values and principles that are taught to me through the scriptures and what God lays on my heart through the gift of his spirit, which is given to me and his spirit resides within me. And I know that God speaks to me throughout the day saying, this is the, this is the right way to handle this situation. And this is the wrong way. And there are times in my life, thankfully that sometimes I will say, God, this is more difficult, but I understand that you want me to do it this way. And I choose that direction. Right. And, and I don't I th- do it all the time, but I hope you see it sometimes and know that right. that's not from me. Right. And, and I think that um, because we have free choice, uh, God, you know, at least shows you the options and, and hopes it has through your discipleship and relationship with him knows, you know, hopes that you actually know which one's right and which one's wrong. And then that you actually make the decision, which one's right and which one's wrong. And it's just like anything else, like a parent with a kid, and, uh, or a child, I should say, you don't have a goat. Um, but, uh, you know, a parent with a child that, that you hope and pray that they make the right decisions. <laughs> uh, but there are certain times and certain ways that, uh, you know, they might, maybe they will remember your voice saying, don't do that. <laughs> you know, if you do that, some consequence will happen to you, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. But you're, but you just hope and pray that, you know, you've raised your child enough uh, to be able to make good and right decisions in life. 
um, and go from there. And I think God's the same way. You know, he, he loves us and cares for us. He doesn't force us. I believe that he does not force us to be able to be in a relationship with him. So, um, so, you know, he hopes and prays that you can be able to make those right decisions. Absolutely. James is in the chat room and, and I, I may be missing some of the prior conversation in the chat room about this. Anyway, he says that is to say, um, I don't believe as I understand the teaching that Catholics believe that this, the host is actually the flesh and blood of Jesus, but that is actually inhabited by Jesus. That might sound like semantics, but I think there is significant difference. And Christoph didn't, uh, he made it sound like cannibalism, uh, and that that's which what is, he meant. Which is what Christians uh, got accused of all over the place, early church. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that really believe that Christians were cannibals because yeah. they were saying to, the, to everyone, yes, this is the body and blood of Christ and we're eating this stuff. And people are freaking out about that. Right. And, and they didn't understand that. Yeah. yeah now, and, okay. and, you know, I went to Catholic school for eight years of my life. So I, I've been, you know, I've been to the religion classes and I went to mass every Friday. And I have friends that that are Catholic. In fact, I do a podcast uh, with Father Roderick right. uh, for The Biggest Loser. Well, which, then you, maybe you can ask him. Yeah, I, I think I will someday. Before it, or after, yeah. Yeah. I, I may, maybe we'll bring Father Roderick on for yeah, an About the great. Church episode. I think that'd be that. fun. Yeah, I, the, I've, I've, I personally have not ever heard of you know Jesus leaving heaven to come down and to actually be a part of uh, the sacrament, You know, to be a part of the host, as he was putting it. I've always you know, believe that it literally became the body and blood of Jesus uh, by the time that when you swallowed it and whatever else. But what I was trying to say is that I wasn't saying that James was being offensive or that the other guy was being offensive. What I was, I was actually right in the middle of a story that uh, in one of my, in one of the organic gatherings that I led, we did communion, we practiced communion, but two of the couples were Roman Catholic. And one of the guys said, well, it doesn't really, I I, I can't, uh, he was on like a, an all meat diet. And he said, I can't eat this because you're not, you're not a Catholic father. You're not a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, but I would be able to eat it if you're a priest because this is protein, not bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, <laughs> that's kind of offensive. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't get into it or anything like that, but everyone else just, you know, ate it. And, you know, yeah. and even in the midst of our possible differences between our beliefs of what is actually happening in communion yeah. um, or that kind of a thing. But you know, it is, it is interesting to be able to see uh, the differences between those two. Yep. It really is. Well, you know what, as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think, you know, the, the whole series can come to a conclusion. Now we, we have, we have played all the questions that this guy has. We have loaded this entire YouTube video into a coffin and we are about to fire it off the boat of a ship. That there you go. (laughs) So there you go. If your if your faith was rocked by, his questions, and now all of a sudden you're questioning your faith. Uh, then, then I again, I encourage you to embrace those questions and to seek truth and to seek God. And and I, I, I one of the things that James did say that I really do believe is that you know my faith is is a faith in 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 God, and and it's not based on fact. Right. But sure. But there, the you know my faith is not void of facts. Oh yeah, you know, and, sure. and it's not void of science, and and I really liked what he said about you know it, the Bible, the the Bible is not a scientific text, it's not a science textbook, right? But there are many. I, mean, I love that he named all the different fields of scientific research that all are backed up, you know, or actually can back up a majority of what you see in the scriptures. Sure, yeah. So 
I love that. That was great feedback. We do have some more feedback, by the way. Oh, cool. Okay. And so uh, we're going to go to a call from Long Beach. Hello, this is Steffi from Long Beach calling for the About the Church podcast. I was just listening to the Is God Real shows. I love it, by the way. And I had my own theory kind of on is God schizophrenic, as you so <laughs> kindly put it. Um, I'll never leave that down. <laughs> is that in the Old Testament, as far as mankind learning about God and his laws and stuff, we were just starting out. He's eternal. He knows what's going on. But we're just starting out. Kind of like children in a school, that every year they start over, they have a new teacher with new rules for the most part and stuff. Um, and so at the beginning of a school year, the teacher is always a little stricter. If you forget your book, you have lines to write, or you miss recess, or whatever. <laughs> where towards the end of the year, where you already know the rules for the most part, you tend to be granted a little bit more grace. Um, just a theory that because God was still getting established among mankind, kind of, uh, that maybe that was why the rules were a little more strict in the Old Testament, uh, punishment is death type thing, as opposed to just pray and be forgiven in the New Testament. That way God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, yet he can kind of choose whether he gives more grace one way or another. I don't know. It's just a theory. Correct me if you need to or whatever. Thanks. Bye. DG, what do you think? Uh, that's an interesting theory. Oh, wait. Here. Hold on. Here. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Mary, I would never That's play. I would never play this. Ah, then your theory is wrong. <laughs> Unless you called into the Lost Podcast, <laughs> which I definitely think everybody should subscribe to. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh no, that's an interesting thought. I, um, you know, I, you know, my, uh, my, my, one of my, one of my, uh, my always go to answers is the fact that you know human history is still just one aspect of what we understand as far as life, and so I think that there is a lot more to life than just this one, and so uh, I think you're also, you know, if you do believe in a life after this life. Then, uh, then why can't grace be given there <laughs> as well, and even more so in an ultimate sense than than here? Um, so I, I don't know. So why can't God be the same God and have um, have revealed who He is in a way in which we actually understand who He is and who we are? I think that's another huge aspect um, to the law as well as to Jesus that that. And, and Jesus was coming not to do away with the law, but to to help us understand it, right? You know, to help us grasp the purpose uh, behind it and, uh, and and things like that. So, and you know, and, and there there would not have been a sacrificial system uh, if we if we could just follow the law perfectly. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the Day of Atonement, I have a really great conversation uh, with a friend of mine. The Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. I mean, that was the day that you did a sacrifice. But the reason you did the sacrifice is for all the sins that you unknowingly committed, all the ways that you unknowingly broke the law. and Because they knew, well, we're going to follow this the best we can, but there's going to be some times where we just mess up and we don't know when we did it. And that's when they would have a sacrificial lamb for the Day of Atonement. Well, bring that into New Testament understanding. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm the ultimate one. I'm going to be covering all the things you don't even know you're doing. Right. <laughs> but also the ones that you do know you're doing. 
Um, and, and the beauty that's found within that is just ultimate, but, um, and, and the grace that's found in that is ultimate too. So, um, so I don't know, it's an interesting theory that she has about yep. the, the home. I just want to say thank you for calling it in. And, and yeah. I really apologize because I cannot tell if her name is Becky, if her name is Steffi or because listen to this. Hello, this is Steffi from Long Beach. Is it Steffi? Is that what she says? But anyway, I, uh-huh. I, I apologize that I, I, I actually listened to that at least mm, 30 times trying to see if I could distinguish, you know, if it was Steffi, if it was Becky. It's something F P H E or P-H-Y kind of sound, you know. But anyway, hmm. write in. Let me know what your name was. And uh, I, I think they're saying in the chat room it sounds like Steffi as well. <laughs> so anyway, Mary from, well, Mary is called in. So awesome. I don't, I Mary from the, wherever Mary's at. Yes. Hi, Cliff and DG. This is Mary from Indiana, Indiana. and I'm calling to leave a message uh, for the About the Church podcast. Um, I'm a little bit behind on the podcast, but uh, a few episodes ago, Cliff and DG were kind of telling some jokes, and I thought I would call in and leave uh, one of my favorite Christian-type jokes for you to listen to, maybe get a laugh over, and if you ever want to discuss, use it as a springboard for discussion, then feel free. Um, The joke goes like this. There was a man who walked into a barber shop and asked for a haircut. Uh, The barber put him in the chair, gave him a haircut, and as he was finishing up, the man felt of his face and noticed he could use to have a shave, so he asked the barber if he would have time to give him a shave as well. The barber replied, you know, my next client is already here. I really don't have time to give you a shave, but my wife is in the back room. Her name is Grace, and she does an excellent job on giving a shave, and I'm sure she'd be happy to do it. So the barber called for his wife, and the man moved to a different chair, and she proceeded to give him a shave. Well, when she was all done and he felt his face, it was so smooth he couldn't believe it. And he turned to the barber and said, wow, you're right. Your wife really does give an excellent shave. And he paid for his haircut and his shave and he left. The next morning when he got up and he went into the bathroom, he felt his face and the shave had been so close that he still didn't need to shave that next day. He got dressed, went to work, came home the next morning. He got up, he went into the bathroom, he felt of his face, and it was still, you know, didn't need to be shaved. It was smooth as a baby's bottom. So he went back by the barbershop that afternoon and said, wow, I can't believe it. You know, your wife gave me that shave two days ago, and I haven't had to shave since. And the barber looked at him and he said, well, of course not. You've been shaved by grace, and once shaved, always shaved. (laughs) <laughs> so there's my Christian joke for you guys. I hope it gave you a little chuckle. I enjoy the podcast very much and look forward to getting all caught up. Hope you're having a great day and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. It was so funny looking at the anticipation of the chat room <laughs> for the pun at the end of the joke. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Because <laughs> it was a pun. It was definitely a pun. It was definitely a pun. Even though I, it's, a, it's a theology I disagree with. It's <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> you don't believe that we're shaved by grace? No, the last part. Once once <laughs> shaved, always shaved. Yeah. Let's 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 springboard that one for a little bit. We've got a five we've got five minutes to kill. <laughs> we can cover this one in five oh, minutes. Yeah, can't we'll we? just cover it. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Actually, I would love to bring my my friend Sean uh, in here because Sean only if I can bring a friend in that knows more than me about the whole thing. Oh no, no, no. this is a guy that that I disagree with. Oh, okay. That's why I was saying I'd love to bring That's Sean. So in. funny. Um, I don't know what I agree there with on that. I, yeah. What What are your thoughts? If it's it's it really is a Calvin Arminian. Uh, kind of conversation. Well, I come from uh, the Armenian line, I guess. Yeah, so that's why I was saying we need to bring in a Calvin, a Calvin guy. So, so um, basically, my my feeling is that once you're saved, I mean that nothing can separate us from the love that is within Christ Jesus, except for ourselves. You know that that I I believe that I can personally choose to say, God, I'm done. Right, right, right. That that I can willfully say, God, please do not force me to be in relationship with you, and please, I can't imagine a worse hell than spending eternity with you. That that would be the act of apostasy, uh, apostasy in my mind. Right, and I believe that that is so. I I I believe that it is that it is so far from reach of 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 attainability. That I believe it's possible, but I I don't think that it happens nearly as much as some people might think. Right, and, and I right. don't. What I don't understand is is this idea of rededicating my life, uh, you know, and 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 reestablishing my relationship every other week, you know, or oh, once sure. a year or sure. stuff like that. I understand recommitting and saying, you know, hey, you know, I've fallen off the wagon here. I've 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 kind of taken a little detour, and I'm I'm back at it. But there have been many times it's like, listen, you know, it's like I've I've already given my life to Christ. I, I've I've confessed my sins and I've been baptized. But you know what? I'll tell you, what, I've done so much. I think I just need to get it all. I, we need to we tearing up that contract. We need to sign a new one, mm, you know, mm. and, and let me go ahead and redunk myself because I've gotten pretty dirty since the last time I was cleaned. <laughs> yeah. And that just doesn't that doesn't. Right, right, sit well with me. I, I I think that that you know that when Christ died for our sins, He died for us once, for 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 our sins once and for all. And and so my prior sins are taken care of. My my future sins that I may commit are taken care of, and they were all taken care of at the moment in time that He died on the cross. Okay, yeah. but you don't you don't go so far as to believe that. I'm I'm asking. Oh, you're asking. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there was a rhetorical statement nah. or just yeah, no, I mean I think um I, you know, I I I agree with you. I mean, it's the the conversation I was having with my friend uh and by the way, uh, Ramanul says eternal security is not Calvinism versus Arminianism. I, I guess what I'm saying is um the hardcore reformed people who would go with once saved always saved understandings tend to be post-Calvinists or have a Calvin um, understanding that's that's what I meant by that. Not necessarily that to, that only debate. Um, and he, and, he, and I, I think you're you're correct by the way. Um, no, but I think think um, it's it's a it's one of those things where if if it really is a relationship, um, and I think that the conversation that I had with my friend revolved around irresistible grace, and if grace is completely irresistible, and he would say that uh, that. You, you so you accept Christ, and then once you accept Christ, that that once you've tasted that grace, then it's so irresistible you won't want to ever leave. Okay, 
And he says, you still have a choice, but you won't ever want to do it. It's because it's irresistible, irresistible grace. So he's still saying that there's still the choice. Yeah, but you can say there's a choice, but if it's irresistible, then there is no choice. I don't think it's irresistible because if right. it's irresistible, meaning that you have no chance of resisting, exactly. then where is the choice? Right. And that's what that was the conversation I was having that, with him. I was like, but that makes that makes no sense. And he was like, no, 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 there is still a choice. It's just grace is so awesome that you would never want to do that. And to him, I would say, ah, then your theory is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he's a great guy and he's been doing a bunch of reading and um, and, and and with stuff like that. So and we actually just ordered two books. One of the books is it says why I'm not a Calvinist. And the other one was why I'm not an Arminian. And we're going to read those two books and have conversations. No, see, I think that's great. I, I, maybe I, I when, really maybe when he and I are done with our conversations, I'll let you borrow you know, one of those books and we can have those conversations as well. I think that'd be fun to, that would be fun. Um, but I, too, yeah. I, I just want to say that, you know, when it comes to the topic of once saved, always saved or eternal security or whatever you want to call it, you know, at one, at, at what point should this divide us? And it, I don't think it should. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly, the yeah. question is, are we saved? You know, Right. And I don't want to be, why would I overly concern myself about whether or not I can lose this? Right. Because, you know, what? I mean, obviously, even those who say that you can lose it, you know, they they would even go so far as to, I don't know, maybe are there some people who believe, I guess there are people who believe that if you, if you have, have sins that you have not yet confessed, that those separate you from God. Well, yeah, Would you I say mean, that there are people who believe that? Well, sure. I, I think that the you know the definition of sin is missing the mark anyway. So if you if you have done a sin and you have not you know reconciled that missing the mark with God, then yeah, of course it's <laughs> there's a part of your relationship that's not going to be complete what, or whole. What I mean, but I mean like okay, I understand the relationship with God, but I mean as far as you know, does God take away your your free path? You know, your pass to heaven? Do you, does he right? Exactly. Does that void your 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 ticket for entry? Exactly. And, and then and the other thing that we. Well, I'm sorry. I just, I'm I'm changing the subject again. Oh, you can change the subject. That's fine. Okay. Well, uh, not, not this too is much. Generally speaking, about the church, <laughs> not changing you know. too much. But like the other the other thing we talked about was, um, oh gosh, I lost it. Dang it. Uh, we talked about uh, oh oh Christian perfection. Yeah, like Wesley uh, Wesley's understanding of Christian perfection. I would love to. You know what? Let's make that the topic for next week. That would be a lot of fun. Christian perfection. Christian perfection. Can you be perfect in this life? Holiness unto the Lord. And and what <laughs> am what did Wesley mean and what do I mean by perfect? Yeah, and that's the part of the conversation that we right. we could have some fun with. Edith, cool. Edith says uh, if Hitler's if Hitler was saved before he became Hitler is he still saved that's a great question but I would say my, my argument for that would be that if Hitler were really saved he would have not been the Hitler that we knew right he his actions would have been transformed the way he lived his life that's right transformed you. Sure. yeah so they're they're they faith without it, works is dead blah blah blah, blah. yeah, yeah it, it's right. not just about belief in and faith in god but there is that th- that's the and i would say that that's the critical piece that's missing in so many places repentance is not the same as confession does that make sense Oh sure. I, and, sure. And you know, you go, you go. I've been to the to the Crusades. You know, not not the Crusades, but uh, the Billy Graham Crusades. You know, the oh, evangelistic yeah. oh, stadium yeah. events. Massive, huge. You things, know, yeah. and and all these people come forward, and 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 a and a guy assures you that if you just come down and you say a repeat this prayer after me, Christ comes into your life, and you are 
You are forever saved. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but there's a, you know, is it just, is it just believing and confessing that establishes the salvation? Right. You know, is there not repentance that is involved? I mean, that the whole preparation of Jesus coming and his ministry was done by uh, John the Baptist, who prepared right. the way for him. And mm-hmm. it's like, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Right. And so, it, and in that repent word is more than just uh, turning around and doing something completely different. It is you have to rethink everything that you've been thinking and doing. And it you've got to you then you actually do the movement of changing your life and doing things differently. Absolutely. Yeah, it's there's a lot more involved than just <laughs> Well I just want to say thank you to James. I wanna say thank you to I believe it's Steffi. Steffi uh, that, yeah. that everybody in the chat room has nominated that you are now Steffi. The the Whether crowd you like it or not. The crowd has spoken. <laughs> and uh, Mary, uh, we thank you for calling as well. This has been an enjoyable end of this Is God Real? We're going to go and live our, the rest of our completely insane and delusional lives, and we invite <laughs> you to join us. Uh, and, of course, we would love to hear your feedback, your your questions, your comments, your anything Yeah. at uh, 859-795-4067. I just realized I hit the 30 seconds music instead of the three minutes. <laughs> what? Are you going to press it again? Yeah, uh, let, let's do okay, it. Okay, so become a Plus member if you can. That would be great. GSPN.tv slash plus, plus, by the plus. way. You can, uh, I actually I actually put out a new Praxis podcast Rock with on. Ryan Bulger. And for those of you who don't know anything about Ryan Bulger, he wrote a really important book with Eddie Gibbs about what the emergent church is. Oh, they did really? a bunch of uh, bunch of stuff. So anyway, uh, he's on the Praxis podcast with his TA, with his teaching assistant. Um, and it's a great podcast, so check it out. Praxispodcast.com. And of course... We do want you to remember to pray for another church that's in your area that is not your own. Yes. And uh, we will be back. Or no, are we back be next with week? Watermark. Are we, be- are we back? I think next so. Week? I don't know. Oh, no. I'm just going to hit pause. I actually, we'll just, <laughs> we're going to extend <laughs> this one to be so long. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of this podcast was totally screwed up as well. <laughs> Wait, well, we got a, a book in it. You know, that's good writing, isn't it? Uh, uh, you are out no, next I week. No, I am out next week. You're right. There yeah. is no August 8th at this time. However, I may be bringing somebody in from uh, Campus Crusade for Christ or Campus Ministries or something talking about the the different mistakes that parents make when sending their kids off to college. So I, I'm not completely certain that that's scheduled yet, but okay. uh, it may be possible that there'll be a special guest that's on next week. So cool. okay. now we're done. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>